We are getting into the week two previews, our six pack of picks of our six favorite games going into the weekend. And then we will finish up the Sunday slate of previews on Friday's podcast and a listener question about the second year quarterbacks. One of my favorite topics Hmm. going into the year this year that really has a lot to do with not only those teams that those quarterbacks play for, but really how the the league looks in the future with those first-round quarterbacks, plus Davis Mills from the 2021 draft. So we'll check in on the start to their second seasons. Coming up on today's episode of Peacock and Williams. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Feel free to get those Twitter Tuesday questions in whenever you would like. Drop them in the comments as well on YouTube or whatever streaming service or app you are using to watch this program. And a big hello to all of the new listeners and viewers on all of the new platforms that Peacock and Williamson is on for the 2022 season. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy app made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 10 times your money. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right, we've got our six pack of games to cover here and make those previews and picks in just a bit, Matt. But an overflow question from this Tuesday that we didn't get to because it was a little bit too long of an answer. And uh, it's a question from Patty on Twitter. And she says, Peacock, you've been talking about the second year quarterbacks, how it's the biggest storyline going into the year, partially because I cover the 49ers and they've got one of those. (laughs) quarterbacks right yeah and uh matt next year i'll say the same thing about pickett (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah and uh it's it's huge because so many teams spent so many resources on a class that was supposed to be uh one of the great quarterback classes Mm -hmm. quarterbacks going one two three you never see it trading up to get quarterbacks in that class and how do they look now after you know you didn't have you didn't expect too much in year one and in year two this is when you ha- you start to expect things. You, you want to see that growth from some of these quarterbacks. So let's go through and and talk about how they looked in week one and, and what we think the outlook is for some of these quarterbacks. And obviously with Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick in the 2021 draft by the New York Jets, uh, he's been hurt. So we haven't seen him yet. And the Jets look not great under Joe no. Flacco. So I think, you know, fans are going to be like, okay, well, let's get the young guy back. It might have been a different situation if Joe Flacco looked good. And they're like, okay, well, maybe – we could be okay with with just with uh with Zach Wilson kind of hanging out and watching for a little bit, but no, uh, you got to get the young Dying guy. Him back, yeah, maybe add some ceiling to the New York Jets offense with some of the other young playmakers on offense. But we kind of have to set him aside because we haven't seen him yet. Um, let's start with the number one overall pick in the draft, though, Matt, in Trevor Lawrence, who, in my opinion. I think both of us going in, we still would have said, okay, we'll start, we're still taking him number one overall. Maybe not as generational of a prospect as we might have thought, although we've seen struggles from other quote-unquote generational quarterback prospects in the past. Peyton Manning led the league in interception 
was three and thirteen as a rookie for the Colts, right? It's it's never easy for a quarterback that's drafted to a bad team. But we thought with the coaching changes, they spent money on the offense in the offseason. I expected to see a little bit more. Is it unfair that we're starting to expect in year two these quarterbacks to hit the ground running and look more like those franchise signal callers they were drafted to be? It's amazing that these guys had a rookie year, some of them incomplete, and then they won game. Yeah, week one's always weird too. And now it's like, hmm, not sure about this Lawrence fella. You know, like, but I still think I need a big step this year. I expected a big step. The more and more I study him, the more I like him above the neck. But the less I like him as a power thrower, you know, I mean, he's a good thrower, but he's not Stafford or one of these guys. Um, He's an amazing athlete. I need to see him elevate those around him. And I don't want to say week one was a step back, but it was a, a pause, you know, like the meteoric rise hasn't come and I'm, I'm expecting it. And especially for Lawrence, because we thought he was more pro ready. So we need right, to see right. that earlier than maybe some of the other quarterbacks that were more projects. And we've already seen it from Mac Jones last year, looked more comfortable. And, and to be honest with you, Mac Jones in a lot of games last year looked more comfortable than Trevor Lawrence looked in, in week one. I don't think oh, it was yeah, a great yeah. game script for, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence in week one because they got behind. So when you're down, you know, 14 to three at halftime, that's tough. And Trevor Lawrence had to throw a bunch. You become one dimensional. It looks more difficult, but he didn't look look as comfortable as I hoped in week one. He ended up 24 of 42 passing for 275 yards, had a touchdown and an interception, uh, sacked a couple of times. The offensive line does look better. You know, they they. There's more receivers and, and playmakers to throw to. You've got ATN and Robinson in the backfield. So it should be better. And so I don't think it's unfair to expect more, especially from Lawrence this year. And it's still a wait and see for all these guys. You don't want to declare anything after one week. But I think I was most disappointed with Lawrence because I thought he was the most prepared to take that big jump early in the season. And the expectations are high and rightfully so. Yes. Um, I love the word comfortable because I'm going to use that mostly as a positive for Mac Jones and Davis Mills. You know, I I lump those two together because I honestly think if Mills and Jones were on the opposite teams last year, people might be higher on Mills and Jones. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're very similar. I do prefer Jones. I don't think either has, you know, Hall of Fame type ceiling, but they're both very comfortable. And as a young quarterback, I think that's the number one hurdle is look like you belong, look comfortable. And I think both those guys do. The The game in Chicago, that that's the most difficult because not only you have two young quarterbacks and you have Trey Lance versus Justin Fields in that mm-hmm. one. And, you know, the extra intrigue because, you know, a lot of people thought the 49ers should have maybe taken Justin Fields mm-hmm. free over Trey Lance. And so you have that aspect of it, too. But then just the amount of rain, especially late in that game and the, the field was sopping wet before it, it was it wasn't raining too hard at the beginning of the game, especially in the first half. The second half, it got a lot worse. But. You know, it was a kind of a pool on the ground already to start the game. So that one you even want to throw out even more because it's such a small sample of one game plus the conditions. But the thing I look at is, again, comfortability. Uh, How quickly are these guys processing it? Are they getting the ball out on time? You know, does it look comfortable? And there was some wow plays from both guys in that game. But overall, the comfortability level was really low. But again, the, the conditions and, you know, the monsoon-like rain conditions, you kind of have to throw it all out. But again, you want to see that growth from these quarterbacks. 100%. And Fields doesn't have much around him. Uh, I, I was not impressed with Lance, nor was I during the, the preseason. Long release, accuracy, 
Um, but I don't know that they've also scripted things to his strengths so much as trying to get him better in the preseason. He didn't have Kittle. First game ever is the true starter on the road in those conditions. I'm not sure what we should have expected. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, the narrative around the, the, the national public is the time to worry about Lance. I see why people would say that. I just think that if you really unpeel what he was asked to do in that game, let's not get too worried, you know. And it was very different through three quarters than it was in the fourth quarter. He had to throw from behind in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter when it was raining the hardest and he was, you know, two for 12 or something. So it, yeah. it skewed his numbers. So he ended up being well below 50% passing. He was 13 of 28 for 164 yards, no touchdowns. He did throw a bad interception, but he threw a couple of dimes too. And so that's where you look at these two quarterbacks, specifically Lance and Fields, because the upside they is so flash. high, but the floor is lower. Yeah. And Justin Fields couldn't function at all. Like the his the pass rush for the 49ers defensive line was dominating the Bears offensive line. Fields had no time to throw. His receivers are bad. Nobody was getting open. Equinemia St. Brown ran this comeback route, and it took him 19 steps to stop and turn around and come back. <laughs> it's like what yeah. supposed to do to that. And then Fields almost threw an interception. So there's a lack of talent too with Fields, but then at the end of the game, it's like, okay, it was much like you saw at Ohio State. Okay. It's hero ball time. Go win a football game. And mm-hmm. he did. He was running around out there. He found a player wide open on the backside. Dante Pettis hits a long touchdown pass, finds another coverage bus, and, and throws a touchdown pass. But uh, aside from two, maybe two plays, I think literally two plays, Justin Fields <laughs> dropped back and hit a receiver on time from the pocket. And so, wow. yeah, it's it's still a process for both it of those is. guys. And it's, it's obviously incomplete for all these guys, but you – we we do have to start seeing it, and I think we need to wait a few more weeks after the, more than just one week to try to proclaim anything. But again, we still haven't seen it yet from this group of second-year quarterbacks. And it's funny because you mentioned that. start soon. Right. And these happen soon, yep. Started looking very comfortable, but there needs to be growth from there too, even to get to Kirk Cousins' level. Football. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're now, all far from that, right? Even Matt now, just far it's looked like that. it took yeah. a step back in New England. So let's start with that game next in our six pack of picks. The New England Patriots are at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I know you've put a lot of time into this one and preparation. So we'll talk about Mac Jones. Uh, he's got a back injury now coming into Week Two, and what this game might look like. Plus five more of our favorite games going into Week Two next. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. You ever needed a ride somewhere and thought, man, if I could just go get a car that's right around the block for me and I could go do whatever I need, an economy car, budget on a budget, you just need to get from point A to point B quickly and you need a ride and you need some wheels, you can find that at Turo. But how about this? You need a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip and it's something you just don't have. Well, you can find that at Turo as well. How about a classic car or luxury car for a special event, a birthday or a holiday? And that's something I didn't even realize until I opened the Turo app and saw some of the cars that that you could that you could find that that these hosts had available for you to drive. I mean, hey, why spend a hundred k on some really fancy car? You could show up to one in front of your buddies to pick them up and be like, "Hey, look at my new ride, guys!" But <laughs> Not actually yours. You could test drive that new electric vehicle, too, that you've had your eye on. See how those things drive before you go make that commitment and uh, 
and buy your new car. So with Turo, you can book any car you want, whenever you want it, from a community of local hosts. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch that boring rental car and find your drive at Turo.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out everything going on on the Locked On Podcast Network on the daily. Your team is covered right here. Okay, Matt, looking at Mac Jones. First of all, have you seen an update on Mac Jones back? How are we looking there? And, I think he's fine. I think okay. he's, he's going to play, yeah. And luckily for him, his back might not get quite as tweaked during the game because there's not going to be any TJ Watt in this one. Uh, are you a little bit worried that maybe the Patriots offense and their new offensive coordinator situation will figure it out this week without that pass rush from TJ Watt on the other side coming after? Let me start with this. It might blow your mind. This is the first time the Steelers and Patriots have met without either Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady on the field since 1998 when Bill Cowher and Pete Carroll were the two head coaches. They've played each other 16 times since. Isn't that insane? Mac Jones and Pickett. And Pickett. Sorry to again, yeah. Well, well, Mac Jones and Pickett weren't alive. Oh, 98? No way. Right. (laughs) They're not even a twinkle in their parents' eyes. (laughs) 98. And then, of course, the Patriots have won a bazillion games since, and the Steelers were maybe the second most successful organization. I don't think this is going to be a pretty football game. I'm shocked the Patriots are favored in Pittsburgh. Um, It's a two-point game. Last I saw, it's moved around between one and a half, two and a half. I think their offense is really anemic. I also think the Steelers is really anemic. But even without Watt, I prefer the Steelers' defense. Of course, you give the coaching edge to Belichick, and you hate betting against him and all that. But the Steelers are pretty established, too, in that regard. I'm sure this game will come down to the kicking game, turnovers, a bounce, you know, maybe it's a first one to 15 wins. I'm taking the Steelers, though, especially with the points. They played better than the Patriots did last week. This is one of those games I'm just going to take the home underdog. I'm going to take the yeah, right. I didn't see anything from the Patriots in week one, even if you're not a believer in what the Steelers are doing this year. Uh, if it comes down to a field goal, then that means you win if you take those points and, and you're the Steelers. So mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, that's that's the only way to go with this bet. And the 40 and a half is the over and under. It's got to be one of those under games as well. It just it just feels low like a number though in that direction. It's a low number, but I feel like yeah. the, the extremes is where you can't the betters can't make the number low enough for what it probably should be. Yeah. I mean, one of these teams could end up with single digit score, you know, yeah. uh, point total. Well, it was, it was tough for the Patriots to score one time last week. Oh, brutal. I mean, hundred percent They're, I think their offense is more broken of the two and their weapons aren't as good. Matt, what's going to carry the Steelers this year? You have no what the quarterback situation, maybe Trubisky is going to outperform my personal expectations, maybe some others' expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it the running game, the offensive line? Still some worries there. Najee Harris already banged up a little bit in week one as well. What's going to carry this team without T.J. Watt? Can they still just lean on the defense? Well, the latest news is Watt's out four to six. You know, he, he avoided disaster. And if you look at their first four games after getting a win in Cincy that they probably, no one you know forecasted, they could be have their head above water when TJ comes back. You're hoping, and this is probably the exact same thing with the, with the Patriots because they both these teams have had a lot of offensive 
schematic changes in the last year and whatnot. Um, you just want the offense to take a little baby step every couple games, you know, to the point where maybe by midseason they don't stink and they're the 18th best offense in the league, you know, by Halloween or, you know, I mean, that that's what you're hoping for and that your coach pieces things together and wins games. You shouldn't. I mean, it's a, it's a rough formula though. Right. Yeah. Steelers yeah. and Patriots offenses don't stink. That's the goal. That's what you're shooting for. Right. That's the goal in 2022 with these teams. Uh, but it should be a close one. It's actually gonna be a pretty fun game there. Miami so. Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens is the next one up. Love this one because let's find out what these Miami Dolphins are all about. And Baltimore Ravens, you want to run the ball. Can you run the ball? Like, can can the Ravens play the formula they want to play this year? I'm really excited about this game because I, I, I think that Miami might show us that they're better than we thought. I think Baltimore is a contender, um, but I don't think this is a good matchup for the Ravens. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the listeners remember that Thursday night game where they blitzed Lamar with just no mercy. You know, seven guys on the line of scrimmage, cover zero, man coverage behind it, six-man pressures time and time again. And he's never, he, they have never shown that they can handle blitz since then. A major weakness was exposed. Now they're on their third string left tackle. Um, they didn't run the ball well at all in week one, even though they had that game in hand. They they only had two designed quarterback rushes for Lamar, which would have obviously been different if they weren't you know winning by a lot. But I think these are two good defenses, and they kept Flores as defensive coordinator. So I think you're going to see a lot of the same, a lot of aggressive um, approaches from both defenses. I definitely want the points. Three and a half is what I'm looking at. Yep, and I'm waiting for that, you know, that that stardom from Rashad Bateman on offense. Uh, you know, Duvernay yep. had a couple of kind of, you know, fluky touchdowns. I don't think that's something you can make no. on that Ravens offense. But what's Lamar got with him on offense? And so that worries me a little bit right now. We'll see how that goes throughout the season. Love what I saw from the Dolphins in week one. And if I'm getting points with the Dolphins, I know they're on the road. It's not that long of a trip or anything to Baltimore. So, Give me the three and a half points. I'm going to take the Dolphins on the road to beat the Ravens. Yeah, me too. The next game in our Peacock and Williamson six-pack here. I almost forgot the sounder earlier on in the show. <laughs> uh, and by the way, all these lines are provided by our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. You can find tons of lines and props at Bet Online. Uh, the next game here we've got is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. This is maybe the matchup that is the most important for the two times these teams meet in the NFC South for some of these playoff seeding uh, Bucks and Saints, both winners in week one. Who's going to take the early lead in the South there in the division? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at home dog of plus two and a half, and I like the Saints in that situation a lot. The Saints have really been a bad matchup for the Bucs during the Brady era, you know, recent memory. And a couple things that they do really well that messes with Tampa's offense is Lattimore seems to have Evans's number. You know I mean? They've had great battles. He doesn't own them or anything, but he, he gives Evans all he can handle and more. And the Saints D line is so big and physical. Like they don't want 245 pound D ends. They want Cameron Jordan at the end, you know, and they, they crash them up the middle and the Bucs suffered another O-line injury. I think the Saints defense wins this thing and in another very low-scoring game. I think the over-under of 44 is too high. I think these are two of the better defenses in the league. Both are very physical. 
So if you're going to give me points in New Orleans, I'm very interested. I might be overrating what I saw from week one, but I got worried very quickly for the Saints minus their old head coach. And mm. I just don't think we can quantify how important Sean Payton was to the New sure. Orleans Saints for so long, even though his coordinators are still there. Uh, I'm not a huge believer in Jameis Winston. Obviously, Tom Brady. How can you not be a believer in Tom Brady? I love what I saw from Julio Jones as well in week one. Surprisingly, Leonard Fournette is like looking quicker than he did pre-Buccaneers era. Right. Uh, Wasn't and, he fat like two months ago? Everyone yeah, he's, still, about <laughs> he's still big. I, he's right, bigger yeah. than he's been, but that's what surprised me. He's like, okay, Leonard Fournette looking big. He's not fat necessarily. He's 260 pounds or whatever he was supposed to be at the beginning of training camp, but he still looks pretty quick, and they're feeding him the ball. Um, I'm going to give up just those two and a half points, and, and I okay. do think the Buccaneers can win this one by a field goal, and I'm going to wait and see with those New Orleans Saints until I see something that, that looks like, you know, what I saw in the, in the Sean Payton era, I'm a little bit worried there. And I still think the the Buccaneers kind of rolled into week one, a little bit slow. And there's a lot more than what we saw from them in week one. So just, you know, the, the total, the total package from the Buccaneers from quarterback on down, a little worried about the offensive line. Didn't hurt yeah, them last yeah. week. Uh, give me the bucks by a field goal here. Okay. Next we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders, Minnesota Vikings at Philadelphia Eagles and another battle for top spot in the NFC West. The only team that won in the West, the Seattle Seahawks are at the San Francisco 49ers coming up. But first, if you want to get in on any of the action on any of these games that we're talking about today, or any of the games throughout the entire season, you want to bet on your team to win the Super Bowl. You want to bet on your coach to get fired. You can find those odds at betonline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest league developments, game matchup, matchups, news. It's not just all about wagering at Bet Online. You need to be informed before you wager. So you can find uh, any information on not only football, but Major League Baseball, contact sports, um, MMA, boxing golf multiple leagues of golf there's live in-game betting which is super fun esports and tons more at bet online the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events and of course go win yourself some money especially if you find a little advantage that you like and go play some vegas casino games as well at bet online so get over to the website today use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts I'm looking at bet online as we speak. Yes, yes, we are. We're yep, yep. finding those lines. And uh, there's a few games I like here in week two. Arizona Cardinals, Las Vegas Raiders. Is this one of your favorite games you picked, Matt, because of these teams both look so bad that this is going to be a close matchup of two bad teams? Or do you expect to see something different than you saw in week one here in week two from the cards of the Raiders? Yeah, I, I expect Kyler to make a lot of plays and, and maybe put the, uh, the team on his shoulders and just be a fantastic all-around athlete football player running around making some you know a great highlight reel but I think Carr carves these guys up I mean I, I think it's going to be a fantasy thing here pretty soon that start all your guys against the Cardinals I don't like their pass rush I don't like their secondary Mahomes had a very easy time ripping these guys apart um, Adams Waller Renfro all those guys are problematic for Arizona in Vegas, I'm sure the place will be rocking in the new black hole or whatever they're calling it. I I'm going to lay the points for Vegas. I'm with you with what I saw from the Cardinals, and, and I do think this they game is me. more. This game is a lot more important for the Raiders because everybody but the Seahawks lost in the West, but in in Not the sure. NFC West, in the AFC West, 
you go down 0-2. Forget you'll about start, it. Right, you'll right, start, right. You start looking at draft prospects, right? You're <laughs> right. not going to win the division. It's going to be tough to even make the playoffs in that division, and we're going to see a preview of that division on Thursday night football as well later on this evening. But uh, the Raiders are in trouble if they get to an 0-2 start here because there's just going to be too much ground for them to make up. And uh, I'm worried about them on defense as well. Their back seven oh, yeah. is just not good, and we saw that last week. Love the car to for your fantasy leagues. Love the car to Devontae Adams. Um, connection, you know, if he's going to get targeted that much, that is awesome. I wish I had him in the Peacock and Williamson league. Uh, I missed him by one pick, but uh, this is uh, this is a game that uh, I'm with you. You want to start your fantasy players on both sides of the ball here, especially in the passing game. Maybe a get right game for Kyler Murray and the the Cardinals offense because he was talking about this week how um, the best wide receivers in the league get double digit targets every single week and they get fed. And we saw that with the Raiders and Devonte Adams. And it wasn't that way in week one for Hollywood Brown. And it sounded to me like, all right, he's our, he's our best playmaker on offense right now. He's going to get peppered with targets. So look out for Kyler Murray to, uh, to Hollywood Brown. And I'm not sure they have somebody that can cover him on the backside of that Raiders defense. Um, I don't like that the Raiders are favored by so many points here. It's not a long trip for the Cardinals to go play the Raiders. Five and a half is just too many because I think this game is going to be close. Uh, you know, straight up, I'd probably pick the Raiders, but I didn't love what I saw from either one of these teams. But in a shootout, over under is 51 and a half points. They might go way over that, too. I, I, that's a pretty high number, so I'd stay away from that. But give me the Cardinals and I'll take the points again. Yeah, I think there'll be fireworks. Next up, we're looking at the Minnesota Vikings, who just thoroughly dominated the Packers in week one. They're at the Philadelphia Eagles, who um, got off to a hot start, scored a whole bunch of points there. This is going to be a fun game. Are we looking at another shootout game with big-time weapons on both sides of the ball? This is one of two Monday nighters, and I'm kind of mad at the NFL because one game starts at 7.15 Eastern, and one game starts at 8.30 Eastern. Like, why aren't these standalone games? I don't understand the logic behind that. I'm sure it's money-driven, of course. This might be the best game of the weekend, though. I mean, I think both these teams are pretty darn impressive. And I will say the Eagles' defense was really bad in week one. But the, the offense, Brown, Hurts, overcame that. Vikings were just dominant on both sides of the ball. Going to Philly Monday night with an unbelievably lubed-up crowd. And you know they're going to be nasty as can be. I'm just going to take the home team here. And two enough two points isn't enough for me to change my mind. Yeah, this is one of those where everyone uh, takes Tuesday off from work. Exactly. Uh, right. And, you know, it's 8.30 p.m. start time Eastern for those Philadelphia Eagles fans. So, you, you know, the crowd is going to be ready for this one. And I, I looking at this before I looked at the line, I thought, OK, well, Eagles at home, I've got to give them at least three points. Mm-hmm. The line right now is a Philly favored by two. So give me the Philadelphia Eagles at home here. And with the Vikings, this is this is my preseason bias coming into this, too, because I like the Eagles more than the Vikings. Loved what I saw in week one from the Vikings, but sure. it might have been a little bit of a more of a slow start for a for a, uh, a Packers team that's trying to figure things out on offense with new wide receivers didn't play people in the preseason. I think this is going to be a different situation that the Vikings run into in week two with the Eagles. And I want to see more from the Vikings. I mean, I love Justin Jefferson being, you know, the Cooper cup and Kevin O'Donnell's um, offense there. And, you know, nine catches for 184 and two touchdowns. Give me that all day long. What else happens there for the Vikings? And can the defense hold on against uh, what we saw from the, the Philadelphia Eagles offense there? So uh, give me the Eagles in this one. And I will give up those two points at home. And I'm not picking on Kirk Cousins, but doesn't have the best track record Monday nights, primetime games, these type of situations doesn't usually favor him. 
How about this? After a monsoon in week one for the 49ers, they're coming back to Santa Clara and like we need rain over here in California as much as possible. And <laughs> now there's a 50 percent chance of rain at, in, in week two for the Niners. So um, maybe that benefits the 49ers because they just played in some rain. It's not going to be a monsoon. It'll probably just sprinkle a little bit. It uh, doesn't like it's going to affect things too much. But I'm looking at this line and with what we saw, with how confident Geno Smith was, on the field and, and Pete Carroll. And, and I feel like there's almost a monkey off their back uh, in a way they're They're just moving freer with the comments after the game. Some of the X, uh, the X Legion of boom era Seahawks showed up. Like there's definitely something behind the scenes with Russell Wilson. And, oh, yeah. and I feel like uh, maybe they, they, if this was potentially an addition by subtraction for the Seahawks uh, and they come into San Francisco and I would definitely be betting on the 49ers to win this game straight up. And then you look at the line, a big line eight and a half points that's just too much man yeah from what we we haven't seen anything yet from young trey lance to be like okay he's arrived he's gonna start blowing teams out eight and a half is just way too much so i gotta go seahawks i think this is gonna be a close game niners and seahawks always play close games whether they're good or whether they're bad um i, I don't see the 49ers going in and beating a pete carroll team especially with the confidence they have rolling into week two by eight and a half points. I mean, they certainly could blow them out. I think it's more likely the 49ers blow out the Seahawks than the Seahawks blow out the 49ers. But this line is just way too high. And it's already, it's clearly too high because I think it's come down from nine and a half already now to eight and a half. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I, I thought when I was going to look at this line, it would be six and a half. It'd be under a touchdown. Eight and a half is too big a number for me. It's a low over under. I, I think Seattle keeps it close. But I do think there's an outside chance of a Niners blowout and we all go, oh, I, I know that's a team I thought they'd be. Yeah, and a lot of talk about the young quarterback in Trey Lance, obviously, but the Seahawks are starting rookies at corner at both offensive oh, tackles. Yeah. That's got to come back to bite them at some point. We'll see if that is week two. All right, thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. We'll get to the rest of the Sunday games preview and make picks tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.